But right now we bring in a friend of the show, Wes Durham. He was on the call uh, from uh, down in Blacksburg on Saturday. Um, whew, Wes, I, I don't know how much we got to talk about this game uh, and uh, welcome in because that that didn't that didn't go so great. It, you, you talked a lot about bacon and a, a lot about the hokey. I learned a lot from you and Dan on, on Saturday, but it, it really wow. wasn't much, as much about the basketball game, huh? Far be it from us to uh, you know when the game gets a little tilted to not be able to you know entertain you with historical fun facts about the hokey mascot once mm-hmm. pecking Dan on the head during a freshman game in the early seventies uh, and the bacon promotion there. It's Brian, a great idea. It is a great idea, and apparently Dan knew folks with the Virginia Polytechnic Institute and State University Meat Lab. I had no idea about that. So, uh, sorry if it got a little sorry if it got a little off the rails, but uh, at the same time, too, it was uh, you know tough night for the Orange. Holy smokes! I mean, first half probably felt like it was never going to end for Syracuse fans and. Virginia Tech, who had uh, you know had gotten kind of a little bit of momentum from the Monday night win last week against Duke, bought themselves another couple scoops of it on uh, Saturday too. Uh, yeah, Virginia Tech, you know maybe now these two in a row they're bidding to do the same thing they did last year is rip off a bunch That'd be in crazy, a row. Crazy, wouldn't it? Yeah, and then yeah. yeah, why not? They they got as good a shot as anybody to go in the ACC tournament uh, right. this year. And you know, Wes, that that's the worst performance Syracuse has had in a while, especially the first half. I, I don't know what you took away. From watching Syracuse, but uh, I can't imagine that that left a lot of good visions in your in your mind after Saturday. Well, and I've got them again in a couple of weeks. Um, in fact, I've got them a couple more times, uh, and I'm you know I was intrigued because what I saw Tuesday night uh, in the loss to Carolina, Brian, I kind of felt like you know what here's a really good effort. Yeah, it mm-hmm. comes down to a bang bang play at the end, a possession here, a call there, and I get all that, but. Um, the idea for what they have on the floor. And I was excited to see Bell play. I was Malik Brown looked like he was pretty comfortable starting for him. Edwards is, in my opinion, one of the more improved players in the ACC this year um, and has is a great story of player development for that program. And quite frankly, they never had a chance. I mean, the blitz was on, uh, you know, in the, in the ball game with about three minutes in. Uh, because Virginia Tech was shooting it like Golden State, to be honest with you. And the next thing you know, it's 16 points, and they're throwing in, what, 12 threes in the first half, and everybody is hitting a three, it felt like, for Mike Young's team. It was only 11 in the first half, Wes. It wasn't that bad. I mean, they, they only got <laughs> they only got 11 before halftime. And you're right, it was unbelievable. And I guess the, the most disconcerting part watching it as a Syracuse fan, you know, it, like it's one thing if they're making – and then Couture made a couple of tough shots. It's one thing if you're making just wild, crazy shots. I mean, they were wide yeah. open, feet they set, like, open. you know, no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah, they were sliding to the corner. They they had the rhythm on the tempo of the zone. They they understood it. And, and quite frankly, when Couture didn't play in the first meeting at the Dome, Brian, I felt like Couture was out to deliver a message about mm-hmm. his presence in their lineup. And Padula, in all honesty, I thought Padula struggled the other night. Mm-hmm. But when MJ Collins emerges, and remember, Darius Maddox is not available. Uh, and when they say not available, Darius Maddox was not in the building the other night mm-hmm. uh, for Virginia Tech. And that's a guy, as we all know, who was a star in the ACC tournament last year, played great for him down the stretch, and a lot was expected. But now, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where Virginia Tech is. They've got a huge game, obviously, at Miami. Um, and especially for the Canes, given what happened Saturday at Pittsburgh. But I felt like that Syracuse just did not handle, and I think Coach Beheim, and far be it from me to tell him what to do, but 
I thought he tried to mix the lineup up, find a punch, you know, uh, offensively that might give him some momentum. Uh, I thought Gerard was fine. I think he's had a, a really nice year for him. I'm really impressed with Mintz, by the way. That's the first time I'd seen him live. I like the way he gets to the basket. I like the way he creates things offensively for the team. But um, Virginia Tech was just rolling Saturday night. And in all honesty, that place, when they get like that, and you know this, when they get like that in that building, they're going to be hard to beat anybody hard to beat them. Yeah, it's not a big joint for anyone that's not been there before. But, man, you know, it's an old barn. Oh. And it, when, it, when it's filled up, and, you know, it's spent many years not filled up. But th- this is different yeah. now. But when it's filled up, it, it gets loud. It gets loud, yeah. and, you know, they're good. <laughs> that's the other side of it, Wes. Well, like, when they're whole, they're pretty good. Yeah, and that's the point here. Uh, you know, now they have kind of recovered from themselves somewhat, right? And they're one of those teams that are in that kind of, I think they're going to be in the middle five here before too long mm-hmm. of the ACC. And when they get in the middle five, they're going to be a problem because, you know, Basili is a, you know, Keve Aluma was certain things, Brian. Grant Basili's other things. I mean, he's a guy who can step out comfortably. He can clearly rebound the basketball. I love the way Justin Mutz plays. Um, it feels like he's been there 10 years, right? Um, so the the idea of what Virginia Tech is today and what they may be a month from today is pretty scary, I think, in terms of the league. Yeah, and, and who knows, you know, net numbers and quad wins and whatever. Oh, I like, don't even – I don't, I I don't, don't need to get started on the net, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm – I'm so down on the net right now. To me, it's just another avenue of the National Collegiate Athletic Association. We all need to break apart and start again. Yeah. So, you know, Virginia Tech, we'll see where they are in a month from now, like if they need to win the ACC again or not, but they're, right. they're certainly capable of it. And uh, Wes Durham mm-hmm. is our guest, ACC Network. And Wes, that brings us to the league this year. Um, sure. We'll see Virginia again tonight. The Orange played them once before, you know, a seven point game that wasn't really. Um, I think a lot think they're the best team in the conference right now. Clemson's record mm-hmm. says that, okay, put them in the mix. What, what say you? Who's the best team? And, like, is the best team right now, can they compete on a national level the way we're used to with this league? I think Virginia is – and I've seen Clemson more recently than I've seen Virginia. I saw Virginia on New Year's Eve at Georgia Tech, and they led basically start to finish. Uh, they were impressive. Uh, Armand Franklin had a really good day for them. Jaden Gardner, I thought, was effective. Uh Vanderplas is just a piece for them, in my opinion. Uh, Brian, I think a lot of people get carried away with him. I still think, though, they're driven by Beekman and Clark. And I think you'll yeah. see that tonight at the Dome. I think Reese Beekman and Kihei Clark are the two best players on that team. Um, and they are clearly the leaders of the team. I will tell you this about Clemson. Clemson is a unique team. Uh, one, they've got age. Two, they've got a little bit of depth. And the other part is when they get to their depth, they don't have much of a drop-off. Now, they're dealing with some injuries. Now, Chase Hunter comes back and was spectacular, obviously, in the game winner at Florida State, but played well. Hunter Tyson played well, and P.J. Hall plays well. When those three guys play well, and by all admission in Tallahassee, that was Florida State's best game of the year, and they lost, right? So Clemson has a thing about them, and they've got the vibe. This is this is a different Brownell team than mm-hmm. most have been, uh, uh, you know, exposed to the last couple of years. And I feel like this is one that's got a little staying power to it. But that being said, um, they have got what I think is a tricky game tomorrow night at Boston College and then Saturday Miami visits. And it's the only game of the year. And and I'm getting to that to tell you this. I think single games are going to end up being very, very important in the ACC. 
not in the composition of who makes the tournament, but how the tiebreakers are held in this event. Right. For instance, you know, Georgia Tech uh, beat Miami, and it's the only time they play this year. Okay. Uh, Clemson beat Duke in a game that Dan and I did back in middle part of this month. That's the only time they play this year. I can see Clemson and Duke kind of toward the top. Carolina and Clemson only play one time this year. That's in a, a week or so. Miami Clemson only one time this year. So you, you see what I'm getting at here that these single games are, I think, going to be a bit more of a premium than they've. And by the way, Virginia and Clemson only play once, and that's uh, later in February. So I think the single game's got a bigger premium than most anticipate from previous seasons. And I'm sure, Wes, you've done the same as I over the years. Oh, boy, is it fun. And I, I use fun very loosely to work out ACC tiebreaking policies on the back of a manila folder sometime late in February because that. <laughs> Oh man, that that takes you that that takes your roots. You didn't plan on uh, plan on going down and, and steals hours well, from lives, but that that's a different yeah. story. And the other thing is too, when we got to expanding this league and we got away from round robin, um, the the tiebreaker became a, a little bit trickier based mm-hmm. on the schedule. It's a little bit like what we're getting ready to dive into with football with no divisions, mm-hmm. and you know people are going to get fired up about that when teams don't play one another, and then it's going to be combined record plus record of your opponent plus you know and all this stuff too. So. All that falls into play for sure. Wes Durham, our guest from ACC Network. And, uh, Wes, sad, sad news in the college basketball world uh, last week <clears> with the passing of Billy Packer at the age of 82. Obviously, you worked with his son, uh, Mark, for many years sure. on Packer and Durham. You know, your dad and Billy go way back to the you know the beginning of ACC uh, broadcast. It, it, you know, it's so interesting with Billy because I think he was – I don't know if hated is the right word, but like every fan base in college basketball hated Billy Packer in their own way. So it leaves him kind of a a weird spot right in the history. But man, he was there for so long as the voice of the sport. Well, Billy, in my opinion, is the reason college basketball is as popular as it is today, Brian. Because I think Billy came along at a time when college basketball out of the 1960s there was obviously a gambling cloud that hung over the sport through parts of the 60s you had the UCLA dynasty right mm-hmm. and in the 1970s when billy started to to build momentum as uh, as this basketball analyst icon and that's what he was i mean billy brought a lot of people to the table in college basketball and they stayed for 30 odd 40 odd years to watch these games play out because what they learned and what they heard from billy um, you know, he was a, a terrific guy and, and obviously I got to know him more when I worked with Mark than I had in previous years, even when I was doing radio at Georgia tech and he was still doing games. I mean, we'd interact and exchange and share pleasantries and so forth. You know, he and my dad obviously knew my dad did ACC basketball on TV prior to going to Carolina in 1971. And it was kind of in a rotation of play by play and color guys that my dad stepped away to do Carolina and Billy started. But there was so much common ground between the two guys that, you know, my dad did ACC basketball right as Billy's career ended. Mm. So he knew Billy as an assistant coach with Bones McKinney and then again with Jack McCloskey and things of that nature at Wake Forest. But Billy is a guy whose total core I don't think is really understood. You knew him as the basketball analyst and a guy who grew the game, certainly in the ACC, but he did it nationally too. Um You know, you may not be old enough. I think you might be, though, to remember the TVS games at the Garden in New York that Billy would come up and do the ECAC stuff, you know, at the Garden when TVS and the early days before MSG Network was formed. And Billy was a part of that stuff, right? And then as CBS and NBC took the Final Four over, remember how many great games Billy Packer was a part of? 
that's the thing the other day that, you know, I, I shocked, I think, a lot of people on ACC Network. Billy Packer's first national championship game was John Wooden's last game. Right. I mean, 1975 in San Diego. Five years later, Billy Packer's doing arguably the greatest college basketball championship game ever played on television, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird in Salt Lake. Still the most watched, he did, right? Yeah, and he did Jordan's jump shot in New Orleans. He did NC State in Albuquerque. He did Nova Georgetown. He did Key Smart against Syracuse. We don't, we don't, we don't talk about that one. We don't that, talk about yeah, that one, That one, one didn't right? happen, no. Well, he also did Hakeem Warwick blocking Michael Lee out of the corner at the Superdome, yeah. too. So that that was acceptable. We, we can mention that, that one. That one yeah. works, yeah. yeah. I mean, so when you think about how long that legacy lasts, Brian, of 34 years of the national championship game, we'll never see that in television. No. Ever. I mean, it's not going to happen. I mean, the college football playoff, I mean, you know, Fowler and Herbstreit have had a nice run here, but it's going to come to an end when we expand the field and another network gets in on the money. So, you know, that's the way that worked. And Billy was terrific. And he was terrific because he was real. And it was funny you said fans didn't like him. Well, guess what? If everybody doesn't like you, that means you're doing a good job. And that's what he did. He was he was terrific. And he's the anti, and I don't say this to to tell you that Dick Vitale's not any good, but Billy was the other end of Dick Vitale. Mm -hmm. Dick was the showman and still is. And even in the limited touches he gets now, Dick still embraces the passion and joy of the game and wants you to be excited as he is about the game. Billy was the guy who sat down, and if you were at home drinking a beer or a cocktail and you're watching the game, Billy's telling you why the game is working for one team and not the other. And when the game was decided, as it was with Memphis and Carolina in 08, Billy's telling you – or yeah, Carolina and uh, Kansas. I'm sorry. Billy's telling you it's over, you know, in the first half. And that's who he was. And and I respected him for it. And then I'll add this because as as a friend of Mark's now for, for a while, I owe it to him to, to talk about his old man and the ability to build racial bridges in the 1960s in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, mm. when it wasn't, you know, kind of nouveau riche, if you will. Billy was a guy who befriended Charlie Davis, who was the first black athlete, first black African-American basketball player at Wake Forest, hmm. and Gilbert McGregor. And Billy made sure that Charlie Davis was going to be comfortable. Prior to that, he had been at Winston-Salem State to see Earl Monroe. He went and sat on the bench to see Cleo Hill play. He went to Atkins High School in Winston-Salem to see Herm Gillum play, who couldn't go to an ACC school. Herm ended up at Purdue and then won a, a world championship with the Portland Trailblazers, all in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And that's when – it's been by Richard Deitch and the Athletic and some others. That's when – Billy got into a little hot water with the controversial comment about Allen Iverson later in his career, Brian. And John Thompson's first words were, I'm not worried about Billy Packer. He's not racist. And Billy Packer is a guy who helped build bridges of racial equality in the 1960s in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and never asked for any credit of it. He just did it because that's who he was. And I, I think a lot can be said today about people like Billy and the impact they had on on sports, but certainly in our world, college basketball. Uh, and you know that if John Thompson's going to say something like that about you, and you know John passed now a couple of years ago, uh, yeah, yeah, you're going to believe that. Like John, John's not uh, he, he's not one to beat around the bush on uh, stuff like that's that. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Wes, that, that's great memories on uh, Billy there because uh, you know he did it for so long, but it's like the second he retired from it and stepped away, like he was gone. Yeah, like he didn't he didn't linger uh, on yeah. on the stage too long, right? That's, it was. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny you say that because a couple of years ago, he showed up after we finished his show one day. He and Mark were working on a business project, and that's the other thing, too. Billy had 
when he got sick back last summer, Brian, he had two dozen businesses going. Wow. In addition, I mean, it's unbelievable the entrepreneurial uh, career he built. But uh, he walked in, and it was uh, kind of at the tail end. It was about this time a year ago. He walked into the basement, and we were sitting there talking, and he asked me what game I was doing. I can't remember where it was in the schedule that I had last year. Um, but he turned to me and goes, those teams aren't any good. <laughs> and I went, well, you're probably right. And he goes, he goes, this game now is – and he was pretty salty about it in, in direct, which I loved. He said, you know what this game's evolved to? If they don't have good coaches and they don't get players and you know grow continuity and develop chemistry – he goes, we're just going to wring it out. He's like a washcloth. We're going to wring it out after every use, and we'll just start again with a new bar of soap and water. And I thought, you know what? He's not too far off. It feels like now in basketball, especially with the way the portal is and all those things and the one and done mixed in, it feels like now we're, we're almost starting from scratch every season, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it sure does. I mean, just look at Syracuse. You look at the team this year and last year, like you're, you're not – I realize it has some of the same players on it, but it's not recognizable from one year. Uh, uh, to yeah. another, or, you know, Duke. They they basically restart everywhere. All right, uh, Wes, always good to chat. What what do you got this week? Where where is uh, West Durham this week? Uh, Wednesday night, uh, Chapel Hill, Carolina, Pittsburgh, seven o'clock on ACC Network. Okay, that's uh, a good one. Interesting game, and then Saturday, Miami at Clemson. All right, uh, Dan and I are pretty excited to be at uh, Little John Coliseum uh, on Saturday afternoon to see if the see if the Tigers and Canes. And again, I'll go back. Only meeting of the year. Those there are yeah, those are two those are two legit important games in the league this year. So we'll have to keep an yeah. eye on uh, both of those this week. Yeah. All right, Wes, always good to chat, my friend. I'm sure we'll uh, Thanks, do it Brian. again soon. Take care, always fun. Thanks. That is Wes Durham, ACC Network. Good to get his thoughts there on uh, Billy Packer. You know, we didn't, you know, just uh, the week didn't work out in a way we didn't get a chance to talk about it much last week. So glad to get Wes's thoughts on that. We'll take a break. Much more to come here on this hour of the program. Uh, brought to you by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. We're back after this on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. 